Welcome to this episode of the Rewind It Back Movie Podcast. I am Bill, and I'm joined here with Joe, Jim, and Tim. Hello to all of our listeners that are listening on our streaming platforms, as well as everyone that is listening to us live on via Twitch. We'll do it live! So if you guys are just tuning in for the first time on Twitch, we are a movie podcast. Essentially a bunch of friends talking about movies that we, we love, anywhere from the classics to the stinkers to everywhere in between. Tonight's topic is going to be Batman the 1989 movie starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. So we'll jump into everything right now. This movie, again, came out in 1989, starring Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim, Kim Basinger. It was the first movie that came out, Batman, besides um, when Adam West replaced the role. It was commercially and a critical success, earning more than $400 million, the box office making it the fifth highest grossing film in history at the time of its release. But when it was announced that Warner Brothers was making the movie, Tim Burton was directing it, the biggest concern was who was starring as Batman. It was Michael Keaton. And at the time, all the fans kind of had the same reaction as I did when I found out that Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker in The Dark Knight. Everyone was like, what? Michael Keaton? Mr. Mom? The comedian? He's going to be Batman? And at the time, in 1989, superheroes or you know people who saved the day at the time were all these muscular guys like Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Jean-Claude Van Damme. So everyone like was just up in arms about how like Batman was going to be an everyman. And at the time, Warner Brothers, they received over 50,000 letters via regular mail just bitching and complaining about how Michael Keaton was going to be the next Batman. The, the newer Batman, excuse me. Because he was coming, at the time he was coming right off of Beetlejuice. So they were just, there was a lot of uncertainty behind it. But however so... Jack Nicholson was starring as the Joker. He already had a reputable resume. I don't know about you guys, but like, this is one of my my favorite Batman movies. It's 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 up there. It's it's to me, it still holds up today. I always talk to people whenever it comes to Batman. I'm a huge Batman fan. That's my favorite superhero, and I always talk about how I thought Michael Keaton is the best Batman, and Christian Bale was a better Bruce Wayne. I don't know how you guys feel, but that's kind of how I feel about the situation. Again, this movie still holds up today. I probably watch it maybe once or twice a year. It's just good all around, for sure. I mean, and you can go as far as say like, oh yeah, things are a little outdated, but it's 1989. Like it's, you got to like put yourself in the time frame about, how, you know, when this was made, the visual effects. I mean, obviously Gotham City, it's not computerized. It's more of models. So, but at the time, I mean, it's still... It still holds up, and I think it's still pretty of a, a, a tight of a movie. Yeah, I mean, it's probably still the second best Batman movie ever released, at least in yeah, my yeah. opinion. Right behind Dark Knight. I mean, that's probably the consensus for the best among Batman fans. And this is probably number two. I mean, even the, sequ- even the sequel to this movie holds up with uh, Batman Returns. But this was, uh, this was a new, nice, violent, dark... Like, this was bring Batman 
from what he's supposed to be in the comics, minus the murdering, um, because he does murder a shit ton of people in this movie. <laughs> Bring him from that, what we expect, and out of that, like, 1960s persona Batman, I always call it my dad's generation Batman, because my dad will watch these Batman movies and be like, oh, it's really dark, you know, like, because he's used to, like, him, Adam West and Burt Ward jumping in the Batmobile and, you know, mixing it up with... Uh, Miss Kitka and the Riddler and Frank Ocean and all the, you know, the real cheesy, campy Batman from the 60s. But this is a this is a true, awesome, probably my favorite, my favorite Batman for sure. This hit everything for me. It, this, this is, we talked about it with UHF. Remember UHF? Yeah, we talked about the, the big box office weekend, like Indiana Jones, Batman. There's a couple other ones. But UHF stood no chance of like no movie. When you see the font of like Batman and it's just nice, it's crisp, it's clean. You see the logo. The trailer for this must have been off the chain nine. Like you knew you were getting like a quality film. It still felt cartoonish, but not in a corny way. You know what I mean? Like very bright colors, very like late eighties, early nineties. It's not a perfect movie, but like I see I separate the two. I separate you know the four Batman movies made in like the nineties, eighties, nineties, and two thousands and wait no. It went from 89, what, up to 97, Jim? Yeah. It was like 89. The, the, the Batman around was released. And it was all considered the same universe. But yeah, I think Tim Burton had nothing to do with the last two movies. The I last two, he just, yeah. He just signed off as a producer, um, just almost as like a, like a favor to Warner Brothers. Okay. Because they kind of forced, they forced him out. He wanted to do a third Batman with one of the Waynes brothers as Robin. And uh, they kind of uh, they 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 wanted to put like a this they wanted to get it back to like the 1966 garbage. Yeah, Marlon so, Wayans was supposed to play Robin, and Catwoman was was supposed to return in the third Batman movie if it was directed by Tim Burton. And then the other villains was supposed to be the Riddler. Robin Williams was supposed to play the Riddler, and then I think Scarecrow was supposed to be in it. Those are the three. I mean, you could, guess, you could say four. I don't. I really don't consider Catwoman ever a villain in the Batman universe. She was just more of a pain in the ass, like most women. Um, so, so, I don't remember uh, that. I remember Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin really Williams like or something, man. Robin Williams uh, was signed on to be the Riddler, and he stuck it to them. He he said, "Fuck you, Warner Brothers," and bailed at the last minute to pay them back because they were jerking him off to be the Joker. If Nicholson fell through in the first one, well, that's how they got so Nicholson. We, they baited him basically, like, "Hey, yeah. Robin Williams is going to take this role from you." Yeah, and the th- I didn't know the scare. I knew the Scarecrow was going to be in the fifth one. I don't. I'm not sure about the third one, but if you want to hear the synopsis that they wrote for the fifth Batman movie, it's fucking insane. Like the the fifth Batman movie was supposed to have every single villain come back in it in a Scarecrow hallucination. And the studio ripped the script up and said to the guy, are you out of your fucking mind? You know how much money this is going to cost us? Fucking thing sucks! They had Nicholson coming back. They had DeVito coming back. They had uh, <laughs> they, they had them all Both coming back. Dead, it was supposed to be this, this scarecrow hallucination scene at the end of the movie. And, like, it, 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 it sounded crazy back then, but it, the shit happens now. I mean, look at the Spider-Man movie they just released. No spoilers. Hey. But, yeah, but uh... The shit happens now, like, but like, I guess in like 1999, it was like, a, like the studio was like appalled by what it would cost to bring all those people back. Yeah, they probably that, get like that's that's not. Honestly, they probably get like Polka Dot Man and Calendar Man and Bat Ombre. 
No, Clay I think man. they were just going to bring in all the villains from the past movies. Oh, Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, the guy wrote it to have all those characters that were in the past movies come back and fight Batman in this like hallucination scene at the end of the movie. But that's like that could be another podcast. <laughs> I could talk about Batman movies. Yeah. For for a separate like totally different podcast called Batman. Well, the truth is, in this in that in that scene, Jim, we don't need more Schwarzenegger and more Uma Thurman coming yeah, back. They right? were they were coming back too. We just we just don't need that. But to back up a little bit here, because I haven't. I, I so as you guys were talking, I was thinking about this movie, and one of the things that really stands out to me about this is sort of I like the visuals of this movie. It has sort of that. I won't say like. Batman the Animated Series, like film noir, 1950s style, but has kind of a mix between like modern, but also that Batman the Animated Series feel. It has, you know, you know, everyone was, you know, the dress, the cars, the architecture. Yeah, it almost Every, felt like 1940s. Exactly. It felt, it felt like the golden age of Batman, the golden era from the 1940s and 50s when he was at his peak, so to speak, in the early comics. I really like that depiction of Batman in this movie in the sort of the backdrop. It really makes for an interesting... We all know Gotham is a pit of despair, crime, and they really did a nice job with portraying that with, you know, it's always dreary, it's wet, it's dirty, it's dark. The architecture plays, the gargoyles on buildings. I mean, it, they did a real nice job with it. And this was one of my favorite movies as a kid. This came out when I think I was maybe four or five years old. And when I got a little bit older, my brother and I would fight over the toys for this movie because we still had them. Like we had you know, Batmobile, we had all those all the action figures. We had all of that. I'm sure most of you, you guys probably had the same. The Batmobile. I How think long? we. I think we did. I know we had at least the 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 Batwing that fired some stuff. They got, so I, the, the missiles were the first thing I lost for that 89 Batmobile. I think I shot them into the carpet and they got sucked up in the vacuum. That sounds about right for these kind of toys. <laughs> yeah, I got I lost one and the other one is jammed. Joe, funny, you bought a Batman the Animated Series. And what triggered Batman the Animated Series, they wanted that to be a depiction of Tim Burton's Batman, especially with the second movie coming out. And a lot of the characters from the Animated Series, like they drew up how they wanted and they bought Tim Burton and he just ripped them a new one. Like, especially with the penguin, they had the penguin dressed up like a businessman. And they were like, no, he, he was like, no, you better make that motherfucker look like Danny DeVito from the movie because we want <laughs> the thing to coincide with the movie. But the story with that was after Burton got the, the axe got pushed out at Warner Brothers, they redid all the animation of Batman the Animated Series. That's why the animation changed that last season of Batman the Animated Series because of that, because Burton was gone not pulling the strings anymore. And in my opinion, it got worse. I thought the animation in the last season was horrible. For that I agree. Time. I totally agree with that. All right, Joe. So we got some, a uh, couple texts coming through. They said, stop breathing so heavily into the mic. Oh, <laughs> thank you for your, uh, your feedback. I will certainly. Is this note live? That. Is this live? We are, we are live, my live? friends. Oh, wow. You guys didn't prepare me for this. Fuck Good. I'm glad live. I kept people waiting. Who's all you prepared to... though with that with the with the bat? Uh, what is what is uh, the bat? The bat wing yeah. behind me. Bat wing, yeah. One twelve awesome. scale bat wing. If you know what that is, you're you're an absolute dork. If you know what one twelve scale bat wing means, but it's I, I had to angle the camera that way. Oh, you got but, to for this episode. <laughs> but back to Batman '89. I mean, this movie just starts off. I mean, you want to talk about being sucked into a movie from the opening scene when when he when he beats the the shit out of the two bums on the roof. Okay, yeah, so perfect. This this this, this is right. a great transition. So <laughs> I love how this movie starts. Uh, so Bruce Wayne is already Batman. There's no backstory. There's no waiting 40, 
45 minutes into a movie for him to appear as Batman. It's right out of the shoot. Like, it's fucking go time. Let's fucking go. And he meets these thugs. He's on the rooftop. He meets these thugs. These thugs essentially kind of starts off like a how Bruce Wayne, like, kind of became Batman. Like, it's the dad and mom and been a, been a kid. They're it looks like, which Burton's a genius yeah. for that. It looked it like you were going to see a Batman origin happen, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. The guy's name is, uh, the kid's name is Jimmy, and you know he's carrying a map. Jimmy, put that map away. We look like tourists. Anyway, they go down this alleyway. They meet these two thugs. And by the way, I, I might be my only one that thinks this, but these two thugs are probably the best thugs ever in cinema history <laughs> in a superhero movie. Like, they're great. Like, <laughs> like Just the look of them. Hey, lady, do the kid a favor. Don't scream. And they take them, and they, they go up to the rooftop. They got the guy's wallet. They're going through everything, and one guy, he just goes, he goes, oh, man, you should have turned the gun on that kid. You know, there's there's the bat around here. He's like, the bat? What the hell, man? What are you talking about? And they start talking about this guy who they knew who was another robber who fell like 12 stories straight down, no blood. And Johnny that's Gomes. when, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's when we meet Batman. Michael Keaton out of the night, Tim Burton style. Let's fucking go. And which leads me to, it's the, it's this opening scene. Where the famous um, line comes from, I'm Batman. So this oh. is the... Uh, well, you know it's coming. Now, one of the great things about this scene is you, what, you notice how Batman goes after the guy that didn't believe in him. Like, I always liked that. The guy who believed in him, he just kicked him in the chest. And he dumped. kicked him through the <laughs> oh, fucking door, man. Square, the the guy that didn't believe him? Ribs, man. Believe in him? Got, he yeah, got it got real it. good. Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Like, fucking great, man. Like, and you know what the thing is? Is that I read that Michael Keaton ad-libbed that part. Like, his line for that scene was supposed to be, I am the knight or I am vengeance or something like that. But he changed it up and he just goes, I'm Batman. Like, shortened to the point. That's true. The best part of that scene, though, I think, is the very end of it. When that thug looks like he is like he, he when he's sitting there like sobbing to himself like in absolute terror that's the best part that's what sells the, the, whole, the whole fucking scene the guy is literally shaking like he's like completely like he is in, he's in shock about what just happened to him he's not hurt i don't think but he's being thrown to the ground but he's completely like off his rocker and then in the next half half scene he's literally taken out on a stretcher babbling his brains out about the bat i mean it's telling you man giant bat but that was the point though bat that's batman he uses an intimidating appearance and sort of gravelly voice to just scare the shit out of thugs now, according to Lieutenant Eckhart, those two slipped on a banana peel. Oh, dude, <laughs> Lieutenant Eckhart, I can't wait to get to him. Oh, that's Lieutenant Eckhart is comic gold in this movie. So before, so Eckhart is a great side character in this movie that I love and adore. The other one is Knox, Alexander Knox. Like he comes in, and, and Jim, this is a so real quick backstory. Back in the day, the way Jim and I became friends, we used to work at Gennardi's back in the day. And there used to be a... It's a uh, grocery chain for our listeners. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's old school. You're really that is definitely old. I haven't seen a Gennardi's in years. It's a, it's, a, it's a closed grocery chain <laughs> from southeastern Pennsylvania. Yes. There used to be a uh, like a Jell-O gelatin brand called Knox. 
And every time, like, Jim and I would see each other in the store, we always just, like, bring a box up to it and just says, we would say, Christ, Knox. And that's exactly what Lieutenant Eckhart would say every time he saw Knox come into play. Like, hello, Lieutenant Eckhart. I just heard we had ourselves another bad attack. He's just like this. guy last year. Yeah, the guy that played Knox. He did, he died. Robert Wool died? That's unfortunate. Yeah. I didn't know that. Damn. I mean, Robert Wool's hysterical. Oh, he's great in this movie. He, like... The the determination to bang Vicky Vale in this movie is second to none. Yeah, I mean, I still got her. Yeah, seriously. Nobody has a chance against the bat. Or a millionaire, Bruce Wayne. Billionaire, I'm sorry, billionaire. Inexhaustible wealth. All right, so we'll we'll dive even further in this movie. So along with Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, Billy D. Williams also stars in this movie. Everyone might know him as Lando Calrissian from the Star Wars movie. He plays Harvey Dent, also known as Two-Face, but we don't see the Two-Face villain side of him in this movie. And good thing the internet wasn't around back in 1989 because a lot of white males would have been shitting their pants over Harvey Dent being black. Oh, and there would have the, the reverse would have happened when they got recasted by a, by a white dude a few years later when Tommy Lee Jones, because he was pissed about that, Billy D. He signed on for that role expecting to become Two-Face. I think he was a big Batman fan. And when they when they bought in Tommy Lee Jones to replace him, he was not a happy camper. Well, uh, so you could say Harvey Dent went through that, uh, that skin bleaching phase like Michael Jackson did. Another great actor in this movie, Jack Palance, Pennsylvania. Uh- Hazelton, Hazelton native Jack Palance. What else he was, was he? He was in City Slickers, but uh, he played Carl he... Grissom in this movie. His character, I think, for any Batman fans out there, is probably modeled to be Carmine Falcone or Rupert Thorne. So, his character, he's basically the crime boss of Gotham. And at one point in the movie, he gets pissed because the new district attorney, Harvey Dent, found out about his connection to Access Chemical Plant. In the scene that we're talking, we're going to talk about next is that they're having this big meeting and Jack, also known as Joker, Jack Nicholson's character, nonchalantly says that, you know, they should break into Axis chemical plant, steal the files that may incriminate them, trash the place to make it look like a, uh, I forgot the term that he uses. Jim. Industrial espionage. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Carl Grissom, Jack Palance's character, says that Jack should uh, lead this operation, um, which he ends up betraying Jack because he found finds out that Jack, a.k.a. Joker, is sleeping with his uh, his girlfriend, his woman, his whatever you want to call him. Uh, he ends up riding them out to the police, to Lieutenant Eckhart. Yeah, Jack Palance, he's, he's quite a character. The whole time where like he kind of like has this heavy breathing before his line delivery, like, remember, you're my number one guy. Could have been a tip off right there to Nicholson that something was something, <laughs> something just ain't right. But you could definitely tell when uh, when Grissom asked um, the Joker to run point on the operation. He was like, "What the fuck? I don't do this." Yeah, he said, and, well, "Get someone else to run this thing." Yeah, he, he was scared shitless because he didn't. He, he he's clearly not a guy who does the wet work, right? He just kind of sits behind a desk and has his has his. He's sort of number one below Grissom, kind of directs traffic, you know, runs the city. I think he said in, earlier in the movie. But I have yeah. to say that the scene in in Axis Chemicals, I've in all my years of as a chemist, I've never seen a place like that where just random vats of shit are just sitting out oh. completely open. Yeah, so the way they get the it access- was the eighties. It was the eighties. Uh, maybe, maybe safe. Right, no, it was thing, on the show. There were no regulations. 
God damn it. So, so, so the way they get the access chemicals, or the way Batman gets the access chemicals, making Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson's character Joker. So it's apparently casino night at Wayne Manor. Commissioner Gordon's there, and the, all of Gotham's there. The DA, Harvey Dent, he's there. Alfred, he gets, you know, word that, you know, Commissioner Gordon, like, unexpectedly left because something's going down and acts not so much as access chemicals, but something's going down and, like, he kind of, like, winks and, like, nods and stomps his foot at Bruce Wayne saying, like, hey, you need to get to the Batcave, look at these cameras and see what's going on. Bruce Wayne goes back to the Batcave, he looks at the camera and he sees Commissioner Gordon talking to one of the cops and he just goes, he goes, oh, he's like, what's up? He just goes, Napier's cleaning out access chemicals. He's like, oh, who's in charge of this? And he goes... Eckhart, sir. And like Commissioner Gordon gives one of those, like the oh my God sentence, which is up there with uh, Chris Farley's delivery in Tiny Boy, just going, oh my God. And he just goes, who's who's looting this? Eckhart, sir. Oh my God. It's like <laughs> the access chemicals. It's the, it's the, the perfect. Access, but the access chemical scene was uh, was great. And actually, I think Burden based that off of, uh, which was a newer comic at that time, but he based it off of the Killing Joke comic. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. ju- just that scene was was taken from the Killing Joke because I believe in the Killing Joke. Like, uh, I mean, we could get into the mythology of the Joker, and I could talk about that for hours. But basically, like the whole being tossed into a vat of chemicals um, to become the Joker, he specifically pulled that from the Killing Joke. So if you haven't checked that out, you're a comic book fan, you're a Batman fan, probably one of the best comic books you you can ever read. Easy read too, short, easy read nothing you have to do research on or you can pick it up and read along right there the bathroom's being occupied who's in there sir Eckhart. oh my god yeah so in the chemical factory going back to what you said joe joe you're a chemist you're a chemist by trade so jack napier joker he's in this the chemical factory he's him and his goons are having a shootout with the police department like is that like the most insane thing to do in a chemical plant like just having a fucking shootout i mean the, the cops themselves are getting fucking douched by the chemicals yeah. being sprayed on them like yeah you're gonna you know they're it's 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 nuts. I mean, there's no labeling. I mean, look, just speaking as a purely professional standpoint, there's no labeling in anything. The, oh, there's valves and there's random consoles that just kind of do stuff. You know, the the open vats are what really got me here. So, uh, so as we're getting up to this, eventually <laughs> somehow. So we're getting to this place. Of, like Chernobyl, Gotham. You, you know, and look, that was all, and look. We all know that we all know that was being dumped into the Gotham River. Let's be quite yeah. honest here. And so at at this point in the movie, Batman meets Jack Napier on some sort of balcony ledge, and somehow they they get into. I know Napier shot at the console. Bullet reflected. Glass hit him in the face. He stumbled over the ledge above a, a completely open vat of this green random chemical bubbling away, probably acidic. And Batman tries to pull him up over the ledge. Pull his pulls his glove off instead, and he just falls in on his back like a turtle into this vat of whatever it is. And then that's that's supposedly the end. And then I have to say though, the Jack Nicholson's reaction the first time seeing Batman. When Batman just comes up to him, he swoops down and just grabs him by the collar and lifts him up. It doesn't say anything, but Jack Nicholson just goes, Jesus. Like, he says it as if he saw, like, a car accident. And um, he gets, yeah, like you said, he gets shot. The bullet, like, ricochets off of one wall, the second wall, and goes through. It, so when, when he's hanging there, he has, like, blood on both sides of his cheeks. So, like, you know, could you say that the bullet went in through one cheek and out the other? 
I mean, it could have shattered his teeth at that point, making, you know, Jared Leto's fucking Joker with a grill in his mouth more reputable. There the is record. nothing reputable about that. For the record, I fucking hate Jared Leto's Joker. J- Jared Leto is a good actor. He was a terrible fucking Joker. He was well, I've a, seen it. You haven't seen the Suicide Squad? No, I, I, I saw Jared Leto was a Joker. I said, nope, not doing it. Well, Jared no Leto, offense to like, him. No, 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 Jared Leto's a great actor, but sure, he's a cool he guy. Just, yeah, but I just he's not the Joker. He was, yeah, exactly. He was just farting around the whole time. He basically was walking and farting at the whole time while playing the Joker. That's basically what he was doing. And he's a great actor, but like the person who wrote that role for him was a fucking complete shithead. Yeah, Jim Carrey was a great actor. He's a funny dude, but like he just wasn't the Riddler. We're not I, getting down that path today. We're not I, going down I, that path. I, I concur, yeah. but we're not Jim, going Jim down that Car- path. Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones were the Riddler and Two Face trying to act like Joker. Yes. And just to know, I got into a, a confrontation, I'll call it. So when my wife was in college, someone there, he said, after, this is after the Dark Knight came out, he said that Tommy Lee Jones' Two Face was better than Aaron Eckhart's Two Face. And I told him to his face, you're out of your fucking mind. I said, Aaron Eckhart, a great, it was a better Two-Face because Two-Face wasn't a bumbling fucking idiot. He was a maniac, and that's who Aaron Eckhart played. All Tommy Lee Jones was was just an acid-ridden fart cloud of Two-Face. That's all he was. That's all he was. Anyway, getting back to the movie. The great scene with the Joker, with the, the, yes. the chair and the mirror, awesome scene. That's great. Some fucking German German doctor is doing some facial reconstructive black market surgery on him. He's like, uh, let's see how we did. And like he unravels his face and he sees himself in the mirror. Mirror. And he grabs the, the, the mirror and he looks at himself and like he kind of like you can see like his shoulders like kind of just like slump. And he's and the doctor goes, well, do you, you see what I got to work with here? And yeah, what the hell like, was he working with there? One of the things was like a gardening <laughs> tool. Honestly, they may have been like, <laughs> like a like a hardware store run the day before to get yeah. like a. And they just threw like some a, red paint over it. <laughs> I mean, it was they're definitely not medical tools, and if they were, they were like Civil War era. Yeah. <laughs> was this the inspiration for like Doctor Nick on The Simpsons? I don't know. Shoddy doctor. Yeah, I don't it know. could have been. Before an accident. Might yeah. as well be. Possibly. But the best part, I think we're getting to this point, that with, with that scene in particular, the laugh from oh, Nicholson. Just yeah, as, he, as he walks away, you know, he throws the mirror, right? And he walks away just laughing. Very little other dialogue. Just completely... At that point, he was just off the reservation. I mean, the, the chemical vat alone probably did a number on nerve endings and his mental state. But at that point, when he sees his face and all the scars on from both sides and just goes off the wall laughing, that's the whole, that's, that is the turning point of this movie. Because then you yeah. see the next few scenes in the, in the museum and with, and, with, uh, Chit, and with Jack Grit and with Grissom, how off the wall he is. It's I like nuts. the scene where he shows up at Grissom's office. Because I want to show up at some people's offices like that, just standing in the dark with a fucking trench coat on. Yes, and this is the scene that Jim is talking about. Your life won't be worth spit! I've been dead once already. It's very liberating. You should think of it as uh, therapy. (laughs) Jack, listen. Maybe we can cut a deal. Jack, Jack is dead, my friend. You can call me Joker. 
And as you can see, I'm a lot happier. <laughs> I gotta say, man, like now, Danny, let, let him finish him off. Let him finish him. Yeah. I mean, the hair is a perfect shade of green. I mean, suit. Like, makeup is just perfect. It doesn't get better than that. What a day, he says. That is a great fucking. That is a great intro to the Joker right there. Like, oh, Danny Elfman, the, he wrote the score for the movie. He also did um, basically every Tim Burton movie. The lead up, and then he 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 fires the gun, or he just goes, "You can call me Joker." And then like the, the circus sounding like music in the background. It's I think it's just pure genius for sure. And especially at the end of this movie, where like well, we'll get to it, but when it's panning up the buildings and you see Batman on top, just staring at like the uh, the signal. It's it's awesome. I think I think Danny Elfman's a fucking genius for the score in this movie it works perfectly that yeah i agree i mean the music resonates like with batman now when you hear that score that is batman and (laughs) did he do the animated series because those two kind of like they feel like they blend they they very similar if he didn't it's pretty close i mean it it they're very similar scores and i mean the music i think really it's slow it's deep it's dark it really just drives the character forward it's super well done and danny elfman has done he, he's done a great job across his career but this movie i think for me is a highlight i love the i love the backdrop because it really feel it fits that dreary gotham scene right mm-hmm. when you hear that and you see the skylight and you know it's it's batman so that anyway, the Joker try he kills Carl Grissom and he goes on to um, take over all of Gotham essentially, and he has a meeting with all the I guess you could call them the crime bosses in the one scene, and then talking to one of the crime bosses and he he pitches his uh, he's like hey. Grissom's out of town. I'm taking over. You all do what I say. And this guy also comes in and says, "What if we say no?" Well, Tony, <laughs> nobody wants a war. <laughs> if we can't do business, why? We'll just shake hands. And that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> oh, there'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. <laughs> so laugh is perfect. This this is this is a movie that my parents plopped me in front of the TV when I was like five years old and fucking put on, and it's like literally a guy being incinerated. I got I'm five years old watching a guy being incinerated in a mob <laughs> hit, and it doesn't even like, like it's it doesn't even phase anybody. I remember my grandma getting this movie for me for like my like fifth birthday. I gotta say, like him talking to that crisp black burnt stalk of a human being. <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. That that's the best part of this, though. It's like he's so off the reservation that he's just. That's it. He's beyond the fact that he's just completely vindictive, right? I mean, that's I mean, that's the Joker in a nutshell, just vindictive, maniacal. He's talking to a charged skeleton of a crime boss. Glad you're dead. I mean, the comedy behind that 
And the disconnect from reality that shows of the Joker's character is incredibly well done. Well, then in the next scene, or one of the next scenes, is that uh, one of the guys that's sitting at the table there, the guy that calls him, you look crazy. A couple scenes later, like, they have this fucking press conference, a press conference for the fucking mob villains of Gotham. That's when Joker comes up and he (laughs) takes the fucking (laughs) pen and he calls himself, hey, Benny, it's your Uncle Bingo. And he fires the fucking feather of a pen like that's what i want i wanted to shout like the guy's fucking throat <laughs> i wanted to show up like that downtown when he was opening up corporate stores i was going to show up like jack nicholson <laughs> i don't know if you should put that in the podcast but i was going to start doing car uh, we're, 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 you, you, you didn't drop it we're live jim we're live come on drop it we'll do it live everybody settle down i know it's our first live experience but we're yeah, Joe, are we getting any questions like uh, on the, uh, the podcast? We've gotten a few chats. You know, people have said hi. You know, I, I have a couple of classmates who have chimed in. I mean, we have we have 10 viewers right now. All right. All right. So welcome, all of you. It's nine more than I thought we'd have. <laughs> hey, now. We're not so bad. Kills the guy. His name is Tony. It's all these Italian guys sitting around this rectangular table. By the way. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Hey, hey, giving hey. A- Stereotyping. No, well, listen, hey, stereotyping. You know, <laughs> Settle down, Tim. Listen, everything with with oil and everything going up like seven dollars a barrel now. You know, like we don't need to like have like four dollar gallons of gas to put in our gas tank. We could just simply have all the Italians just ring out their fucking pillowcases, and we'll have. Like, what did we just talk about with the live fucking? <laughs> Are you trying to get this channel canceled in one day, Bill? Jesus, tap dancing Christ. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so he kills the guy. He takes over all the whole town. And um, Vicky Vale, she finds Kim Basinger. Let's talk about Kim Basinger and Vicky Vale. Like, she is the, if any of you, these guys in the gym, I know you have, but if anyone out there, our listeners, anyone on Twitch has ever read the Batman comments where Vicky Vale um, is in any of them, like, Kim Basinger is the perfect fucking Vicky Vale in this movie. And she, um, the whole time, she's, she's essentially. To, to, to put in, in today's term, she's getting ghosted by Bruce Wayne. He asks her out on a date. The date is at his house. They eat beef bouillon soup that is so bad that she has to ask for salt. And she talks to Alfred, and she ends up fucking Bruce Wayne. She calls Bruce Wayne three times. He ghosts her. But she ends up seeing him at the, uh, the fucking little live broadcast of how Grissom's out of town. He's left me in charge. Museum setup scene. The museum setup scene. Oh, yeah. Well, the picture scene. The, jo- speaking of bringing into modern terms, Joker was doing the modern Instagram stalking equivalent uh, because he had his goons just go around and take pictures of everybody. And then he saw Vicky Valla. <laughs> what, what hold the whole... Who is this? And one of my favorite lines from that scene was when Bob the Goon, shout out Bob the Goon, the best Goon in film history. When Bob, when he asked Bob the Goon, who's this? Bob goes, she's Vicky Vale, reporter. She's dating some guy named Wayne. And the Joker responds, well, she's about to trade up, which was a common statement me and Bill used to have back when we were both single guys. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and we find out, you know, attractive chick was with somebody else. We would say to each other, well, she's about to trade up, which is one of my favorite lines of the movie. How yes. about the uniforms as bad guys had, man? I mean, if you, they're not trying to blend at all. They're just trying to tell the police, <laughs> no. hey, we don't even that care. Was, like, that, and that guns. was like the best part, though. It was like they right like in, in an instant they had purple and green cars, pur- yeah. you know, the purple coats, the 
insignias, bright green, just in within however short of a time frame all this happened, it was literally right there. And everything they needed to be just part of this Joker gang, or you want to call it mafia, and so forth. It took the Washington football team two years to come up with like a name, a logo, and a color scheme. It took them <laughs> 20 seconds. Oh, they must have had a hell of a seamstress to, to stitch all those patches on. Uh, Very detailed. Yeah. That'd be a great <laughs> Halloween costume. Like you and a crew going out, they dressed up like with the jacket, the hats, the glasses, the whole nine yards. But that's the best. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie that, like, so Vicki Vale, she's waiting forever in a date for Bruce Wayne, she, who she thinks is Bruce Wayne that's going to show up. And she gets this message, and it's a little box, and it's a, a note card written by a child in crayon that says, put this on now. And <laughs> she, um, you know, the, the gas starts coming through. It, I mean, it kills all the, well, you, you would think it kills everybody that's in the museum except for, for her. And... Like and Jack Nicholson shows up in his uh, demonic like. Fa- I think that like Jack Nich- like in this movie, I always say that the. I don't want to get into this. This is a separate podcast, but I always think that Keith Ledger is the better Joker, and this is my reason is because, in this movie, it was basically Jack Nicholson playing the Joker, in The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger was the Joker. And this is one of the scenes where Jack Nicholson shows up as Jack Nicholson. He's a little bit more terrifying in like that um, that cream colored skin, peach colored like makeup that he puts on, like over his what it's supposed to be his great fucking. I have the scene you're talking about. Great Prince song in that scene, by the way. Yes, yes. the soundtrack for this movie. He did suck part of the soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the the scene where he trashes the museum is. First of all, another shout God out. Does. Another shout out to a scene that I used to watch when I was five years old, where mass murder was committed. Um, <laughs> because when I was a kid, you just see all these people dropping like flies, and I'd be like, "What's going on?" And I'd be like, "Oh, they're asleep." Like, no, you just like wipe down an entire museum of people, but they're they, asleep. That's what yeah. I say to. That's what I say to my son when we're driving down the road, and he sees a dead deer on the side of the road. Like, oh, "Daddy, a deer." I'm like, "It's okay. He's he's, he's asleep." <laughs> Exactly. What else do you say to a five-year-old when they see a body? He's four, man. Um, he's four. Yeah. He's not five. He's no, four. well, I was five at the. Well, that's. What else do you say to somebody like a little kid when they see a body? You know. Yeah, that scene is just freaking amazing when he trashes that museum. I love, and then the the introduction of him and Batman meeting oh, each man. other. Yeah, man. He he like he she Vicky Vale throws the like a cup of water on him the joker grabs his face and he says like oh i'm melting and he turns around and he looks like fucking rudy giuliani with the fucking dye running down his face <laughs> and he just goes boo <laughs> and then like batman comes through the sky and uh he has this he points his whatever you want to call it the gun at the i guess for lack of a better term the gun the back grapple the grapple thank you he slides through the museum doors, and that's when we first see the Batmobile. And the Batmobile, I I love this Batmobile. That this, oh, is, dope. this is up there. Like it's probably, I think it's one of the best Batmobiles. Like Adam simple West, to the point. It, exactly. Like Adam West was like, it's a little hokey. Christian Bell's Batmobile was a little more of like military tank looking thing. I, I think this is this this Batmobile was fucking great. Yeah, this is probably the best. The iconic the most- Batmobile. Yeah, it's the most one of the most aesthetically. Even the new Batman movie that's coming out with uh, Robert Patterson or whatever his name, like Which is why we're that Batmobile just looks like a like a like a Ford Charger or like a Dodge Charger, like with like which I know they're going for the real appeal, but 
Well, this is probably the most comic accurate Batmobile you're going to see. With Robert Pattinson. Why it's so that, great. With Robert yes. Pattinson, that's like year two of Batman, which is why we are doing this podcast tonight. When this podcast airs, it'll be next Thursday, the March, what, 3rd? Before the Robert Pattinson movie comes out. So I can't wait to see it. I love this Batmobile. I, this so, Batmobile is great. Yes. Back to the Batmobile. Yes. Yeah, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so the actual Batmobile from the movie is sitting in one of the museums in DC. I forget which one. I was down there a few years ago and you can like go and you can, you know, sit in it, push some buttons and have some fun with it. And it, beyond the fact how big it is, it's huge. If you haven't seen it in person before, it's absolutely enormous. And it's just, it's so badass. And in the movie, too, with everything he does, he has a little voice voice remote. He's talking to it, stop, shields, the whole bit. And it's just, it looks awesome. It's close to the comic. I, and I love that they have a style. It's not, it's different than the one in the animated series, but it has sort of the same vibe. It doesn't look like a regular car, right? It looks like something different futuristic which is what you would expect from batman with this technology and you know inexhaustible wealth of bruce wayne the, the you remember the toy also speaking of the shields remember the toy came with the plastic shields that went over and i always thought that was cool like the plastic shield you could sit on top of it but that, i love the fact that the like the batmobile cannot make a turn without a fucking grappling hook <laughs> Like doing sixty down down the city street. I mean, it would. I mean, I mean, Bill, it had to make a pretty tight turn. It probably could have been a a fucking catastrophic car accident, like to nineteen eighty nine standards. Yeah, how was all the cabbage just going through this? Why why was produce being delivered that late at night? It's well, it's Gotham. It's always dark, right? It's always dark. I guess you're right. It's just. Look, like that produce should have been delivered first thing in the morning <laughs> to the restaurant so they could have it for the day. You want that fresh. Like, why is all that fucking lettuce being delivered late at night? Don't matter. It's Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> City never sleeps. The intro to Batman and the Joker is great with him putting that zip line up, getting out of Dodge, where and heading off to the back hit. Wonderful toys. Sorry, Joe. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, it's fine. This is, this is all part of the experience. Get those wonderful toys. Ah, oh, God, that was just so perfect. This movie, as and, and as far as Batman is is up there, definitely top three. Batman takes Vicky Vale back to the Batcave. He reveals that he has found the reason why all the people in Gotham are dying is because of all the cosmetic problems. Uh, that are in hairspray, lipstick, mouthwash, whatever the fuck you want to call it. He then gives her Joe. Correct me if I'm wrong. The science behind it to take to the. Uh, the the newspapers printed in the newspaper the next day saying like hey don't use these products because like if you if you look at, if you pay close attention to the uh, the uh, the news broadcast on the TV it's the the, the guy the, the both news anchors their their hair is frizzly they have fucking pimples on their face yep. because they have no makeup oh, yeah. we, we breezed over that he was poisoning the city with yeah so and yes. the and the way he was doing it was that he was putting his is very toxic poison into select food and cosmetic products and but the way he was doing it was he was doing it piecemeal so he had he'd have one component in one product another component in another product and then when you would combine them via normal use hairspray you know makeup toothpaste mouthwash whatever the products were then the chemical reaction would happen and then you'd be smiling i think it's called smilex you basically be have a permanent smile and you drop dead Fast forward through all this, everyone stops buying all these cosmetic products. Joker realizes, he says, that I've given a name to my pain, and it is Batman. They know who is who. 
Bruce Wayne finds out who his parents' killer is from Jack Napier, basically saying, um, you ever dance with the devil in the panel in light before he kills him? Kills, and I say kills in quotes, because he's wearing a Vicky Vale's tray underneath of him. Finds out who his parents' killers are. He realizes that the Joker killed his parents. Then we fast forward to... Was that the, was that the most unnecessary plot tie-in of this movie? I always kind of found that was, like, way too convenient that the Joker... Crazy. It was the cheesiest part of the movie. Yeah, exactly. The whole the whole apartment scene in Vicky Vale's apartment. I get I get from a you know maybe a boyfriend perspective why Bruce Wayne went to her apartment, but the truth is that entire six eight minutes completely unnecessary. You really gain nothing out of it other than the the connection between Jack Napier. You know, have they ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Which then Bruce Wayne all of a sudden the light bulb goes off. You can see in the moment. Mike Keane's eyes just get wide and he freezes because he's like, the fuck? Yeah. And then, bam. But so, so maybe part of that was important, but most of that scene was grossly unnecessary. Like, was, yeah, exactly. Like, was what? Batman going to try and not stop the Joker? <laughs> he didn't find out he knocked off. Was he just going to give up and be like, oh, well, Joker's not so bad. But like, the fact that he killed his parents, like, do we need that extra animosity between the two characters? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think but, so either, but I do love like Michael Keaton when he s- takes the, the the poker stick from the from the fireplace. Let's get he just nuts. goes. You want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. And then they George says that in Seinfeld. Tim, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Sure. So I I've like I that's to me personally that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. One of them. It's, so it's, great, it's, not, it's not my favorite scene, but it's one of my favorite scenes. I saw a great movie. meme of that. Where they superimpose Batman and the Joker in the bulk nuts section of a grocery store. <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And then it was a picture of them like standing next to bulk nuts. Yes. So oh, that's so 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 then the Joker comes out. He he somehow steals the floats for the uh, for the birthday party. Oh, of, this is my uh, favorite scene. This is yeah, a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Dancing around, uh, throwing money. So, so the, 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 the bat wing comes in, which is right behind. If people on Twitch, you can see right behind Jim's left shoulder is the bat wing, which is what Batman is flying in this movie. He takes out the, scale. Yes, he takes out the balloons that are in this movie that are filled with this gas. I got to chime in here now. now I'm bo- I am now bothered by this. What? what the hell was he shooting out of that pistol exactly. that no, no, took no, no, down no, an exactly. aircraft? No. That's seed of the movie. Damn it, Joe, oh, I love fuck. you. That, <laughs> he, Batman like just just like tries to blow the Joker out of oblivion. Misses every single I mean, time. The Joker pulls out this fucking gun out of the left side of his pants, probably the length of his cock, this fucking gun, and just blows the bat like plane out of the sky in one shot. <laughs> I see. I I watched it again last night, and now that I'm more educated in my life than when I watched this previously, oh, I mean that's the, that's so, the best part of the scene is it doesn't make any sense. Well, I get that. <laughs> it but, makes but, no sense. But, but like you see what Batman brings out. He so on the Batwing, he pulls up a bunch of rotary machine guns. I think they're like mini guns, probably thirty caliber or whatever. He's got some sort of rockets coming out of this thing, and he hooms in on the Joker, and like he literally like, has got like he got this fucking tar- this star wars targeting computer comes out and he's sitting there trying to dial in the shots can't hit a fucking broadside of a barn with this thing and then out of 
nowhere, Joker pulls out a five foot fucking pistol. It's like his fucking leg. And I mean, it looks like just like a shotgun, like a twenty, like a twenty caliber, like a twenty gauge shotgun. Boom! Takes out the Batwing in one shot. Batman crashes into a church, the cathedral, like two blocks away, and. I don't know what. That's just I. I can't figure out what he shot at that at the Batwing to take it out. I mean, it didn't look like there was no recoil. The fuck? Yeah, I mean, there was a little recoil, but that scene. I just love that scene. I love the fucking ridiculous gun. I, I think Somebody, I saw a replica of that gun a few years ago, and I should have bought it. I'm still kicking myself. I'm gonna chime in for a minute. Somebody in the zoo, in the Twitch chat just said it was a bazooka gun. You're wrong. It was not a bazooka gun. Hey, I'm only going by the chat. I don't know. Hold on, I'm gonna look up bazooka gun. No, man, it was like a fucking like. Smith our gun expert's not on tonight, so we can't. Yeah, our, uh, Dan, god damn you, Dan. No, it was a fucking Smith and West in the length of his fucking left leg. He just pulls it out, blows Batman out of the sky, then just like compresses it and just goes. Honey, we gotta get you to the church on time, and just like shoes her up the steps of the uh, fucking bell tower. So anyway, Batman crashes. Vicky Vale and Joker think that he is dead. He's in fact not dead because he's fucking Batman. And he just follows them up to the bell tower. And it's the bell tower is one big cycle up the uh, the fucking the steps. It has Jim. You and I used this too uh, back in our heyday before we got married. When we're saying like, hey, we're gonna go out in Doylestown tonight. I'm gonna pick you up in five minutes. And like, okay, see you then. And then like, it's just better make it ten. <laughs> And he's telling the uh, the helicopter guys, so um, that's just an inside joke, and that's not funny. But anyway, so they go to the top of this fucking bell tower, and uh, Batman follows them up there. And uh, that's when we see, like, the best 10 minutes of the uh, – one of the best 10 minutes of the movie is when the last fight scene. So Batman gets to the top of the uh, the bell tower. Joker and Vicky Vale are dancing because Joker has this infatuation with her. And Batman gets ambushed by three guys, three of the Joker's henchmen. <laughs> one is the backwards flip guy, which he he's the first one to appear. And then the guy like starts backflipping. And to this day, I've seen this movie probably 107 times in my life. And I still don't know what that, that backflip guy's intention was and how to take down Batman because... It, I mean, maybe it's me, and the scene happened just so fast, is that I just, what I envision is Batman just taking this guy as he's doing backflips, he sticks his fist out, and just grabs him by the neck, and just, like, just shoots him down to hell. I like the next guy. The next guy, he, the next guy was as useless as a dick on a priest. He just screams and yells, and he jumps, and he just falls through the fucking floor. <laughs> Fucking great! <laughs> they look at his jackets, right? Yeah. So, um, uniforms. What the third and guy? The, the third, third guy. guy. Was, the third guy was the one who lasted the longest. You mean he, steroids, Ray Charles? He was. She was, was Jack Ray Charles, man. <laughs> and he just beats. It was Ray over. Charles on fucking steroids? Like. <laughs> uh, Jim, you can't say that. <laughs> he, he was. <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna disagree, but my man, you can't say that about Ray Charles. He looked just like Ray no, Charles, I do. but well, he was I'm, the I'm size of Schwarzenegger. I'm not editing that out. That's thing on the podcast on the live platform is that this guy. Yeah, like, but I mean, he like Ray he, Charles. I mean, he was. I mean, he was whooping Batman's ass for a little bit. I mean, <laughs> oh, he's being the shit out. Of him. He was. He was. He was gift to beat the holy shit out of him. But Batman ends up, obviously, he gets tossed down the fucking bell tower hole and ends up grabbing this guy by the legs, banging his head against the bell, and the guy <laughs> falls down to his death. Yeah, and then the ending scene is just essentially uh, the Kim Basinger, Vicky Vale, she realizes that Batman is, in fact, 
at the top of the bell tower waiting to save her and she pulls out this oh my god to, to joker while he's dancing with her she just goes oh my god you say the most nicest things and purple purple's my favorite color and she's like kissing him down to the shoulders down to the forearm and everything oh yeah. joker just has this look on and on his face like oh my god the helicopter is supposed to pick me up at five minutes but it's bj time so fuck it <laughs> like, mm-hmm. fucking batman is standing right next to him and just goes excuse me sir and just fucking jaws him you ever dance with the devil the pale moonlight and just fucking uppercuts him in the jaw <laughs> like for, and the, and the best part of that is that he joker is he you can tell that jack napier in his past life was a bitch he was raised in his knob slopped and he just goes here it comes and some guy just goes you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight just, yeah but you can tell he had never got in a fight i mean he <laughs> I mean he he punched batman's in right you know dead in the solar plexus and like broke his hand i mean you don't you don't do that i mean he and that punch it looked like ass like that's not how you, you know, punch like a, um in the hockey like the nhl pest like the pest like matthew barnaby and stevie avery they never really fought like they did every now and then but they weren't like goons they were just pests and yeah if you actually engage them in a fight they got knocked out in two seconds because they didn't know how yeah. to fight like he's at your point yeah so um i mean it was just i mean although to tim burton's credit Generally speaking, in the source material for this, which I believe is, I believe this movie is adapted from the old 1950s Red Hood storyline, if I remember right, or something, an offshoot of that. Joker was never really much of a fist fighter. Melee weapons on occasion, mostly used what was up here. The Red Hood was uh, introduced in 88. It was the killing joke. Was it? Okay, I thought, I, thought, I thought it was an earlier an earlier comic arc. But anyway, so the uh, the movie ends with Joker falling to his death off the bell tower. Batman and the city know who he is and what his purpose is, and he gives him a signal. And uh, yeah, whenever you uh, whenever you need me, just just give me a call. So my th- final thoughts on is that how I mentioned in the beginning of the movie, this is one of my favorite Batman movies. For me, when it comes to Batman movies, rankings are so fickle to me anymore but i still have to rate my number one favorite batman movie is the dark knight for nerd reasons this one is a is a second this movie in batman returns i think jim jim and i when we turned 30 we promised each other we would watch batman and batman returns once a year each for the rest of our lives together so i mean to my point is that it, this movie still holds up this movie and batman returns it's dark I mean, it's true to its origins as far as uh, where Bruce Wayne came from. I just think that uh, Michael Keaton was a was a great Batman. He wasn't as great as Bruce Wayne than uh, the Christian Bale. So that's Michael Keaton's a great Batman, and I think Bruce uh, Bruce Wayne is played by Christian Bale better. Yeah, Christian Bale did a good job. His Batman voice kind of freaked me out. Yeah, I actually like the, what they did with the Batflack, uh, where they introduced the voice scrambler, which is kind of comic accurate. But Keaton's definitely my favorite Batman follow up with joker gun it was called the long barreled revolver oh there it is. not the bazooka gun a um, long barreled revolver what the hell what was, was it shooting uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man so i mean to, to, to wrap up this a little bit i this movie is for me it's like a top 10 top 15 movie i can watch this ad infinitum on loop i love it i love nicholson michael keaton is for me is the person is the personification of batman in motion picture i will always assume kevin you know kevin conroy is the voice of batman just because of nostalgia reasons but for for film michael keaton is batman you know as bruce wayne i agree with bill not so much he doesn't really exude that playboy feel 
I think he seems still kind of reserved and withdrawn and not really, you know, the Playboy lifestyle as much. Um, I thought the movie overall, well scripted, well cast, and the music was perfect. The architecture is perfect. The scenes were great. And for where this series went in a few movies later, like with George Clooney and with Al Kilmer, like this is just far and away. It's not even close. You see yeah, how they can screw like, it up. And then when you get this, it's like, oh my God, it's perfect. Like this and Batman Returns are like it's close like, to perfect. It's season. like where yeah. they went with the series just was an absolute nosedive. It's only almost where, like, only way it to feels go like two different movie franchises almost. Yeah. Like three, honestly. Movie. Three of them, honestly. I mean, Val Kilmer was sort of in the middle, right? I mean, that is its own entity. And then you get the George Clooney, you know, clusterfuck, which was awful. And then you get this. Three, so there's really three separate franchises here. Each went in a different cinematic and artistic direction and thematic direction with the with the franchise. With the latter two stinking, and then they brought and then they finally brought it back. You know, you know, got the rack together and got Christopher Nolan on board and you know, did their thing. Yeah, he definitely revived the franchise. Yeah, and it's been revived again, and it's about to be revived again. But yeah, I'm looking, just, I'm you know looking forward to the Robert Pattinson movie. I really am. It looks really well done. Me too. Like I. So ever since I found out, you know, back in 2005, 2006, that Heath Ledger was going to be a Joker, I talked so much shit because I found out, I'm like, Heath Ledger, the fucking, the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You, the guy from Brokeback Mountain, the guy from, you know, every teenage, almost every teenage heartthrob movie in the early 2000s. And then I saw the movie and, you know, he made me eat my words with a side of crow. So I told myself ever since then, whatever comes out, you know, as far as Batman movies or you know, superhero movies, I'm going to see the movie before I make my, uh, make my thoughts on it. And um, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to see this Batman movie that comes out the four, March 4th. In most cases, when this, uh, when this episode airs, it'll be tomorrow, Friday, March 4th. So yeah, I'll, um, I can't wait to see it. And uh, I mean, from what I've seen, the previews look, they look fucking great. It's the first time someone's played the Riddler since, uh, what, 1995? Interesting look on the Riddler, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like, I'm, well, I'm going to chime in real quick. Somebody in the chat just said Batman Forever is the number one Batman movie. Who the fuck said that? Is this they're, they're just trolling. Yeah, someone, just, so, someone's trolling us, I suspect. But I will somebody say. Just, Batman Forever had a great soundtrack. No, um, I don't. Soundtrack. I, the person didn't one. didn't give their actual. I have a username, but and Batman well, Forever number one. Also, that person. Uh, also, a uh, Batman Forever had great merchandise. Great merchandise. <laughs> Horrible movie. Great merchandising. Great marketing. And it was the same. Like Chase Meridian was the same as uh, Vicky Vale. Was like, I want that Batcock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was laying it on pretty thick. Vicky Val at least tried to. Thick, man. She was like, oh, she almost blew him in front of the commissioner. The, 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 the poor old man commissioner was like, oh, Batman, there's a there's a bomb in the building with Two-Face. And she's like, I want to suck your cock. And the commissioner was like, oh, oh my God. Batman, uh, oh my the bomb? God. Like, <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? Who wants to suck my cock? Eckhart, sir. Oh. You got something to do, Batman, and it's not this. All right, and all so... the cheesy little one-liners. <laughs> I don't. What, what? Let's start this party with a bang. No, no, with her and like going back and forth with Batman. That movie was fucking terrible. Whoever that was. <laughs> Who are we? Just, no, it's not my brother-in-law. I'm not going to name drop him, but he, so, my somebody who hasn't watched the Batman movie no, in a my, while. My brother-in-law. My brother-in-law was the one who asked. It was a bazooka gun. Joker pulled out of his fucking pants. He was fucking with us. So you know who you are. Well played, sir. Well played. 
There is a uh, a second leg of this episode that I would like to do, and it's a segment called "Are You Smarter Than Rewind It Back." We played this game. If you listen to our Ghostbusters episode, if you listen to our Christmas episode, and come on, we play this game called "Are You Smarter Than Rewind It Back." And basically, what I do is I quiz the um, the hosts here on how well they know a movie or how well they know a topic of a movie. So for our third installment, it'll be "Are You Smarter Than Rewind It Back" when it comes to uh, Batman movies. Prior to the start of the show, I put the names of our uh, of our hosts, Joe, Jim, and Tim. We spun a wheel online and we came out with the names of who's going to go from first to last. The way we run this game is that I run it exactly like uh, like Jeopardy. There's categories and you get to pick the points. Each question is worth one to five points, one being on the easier side, five being on a little bit of the harder side. For example, Jim, you go first in this game, Joe and then Tim. So Jim will pick a category. He'll pick the points. If Jim gets the the answer wrong, Joe either has the option to steal, in which case if he steals the question, he gets it right, he gets those points, and he still gets to go again since he's the second line. If he gets it wrong, Tim, you have the option to steal it, yes or no. If you choose not to, I reveal the answer, and the question is below Ned. No one gets any points. If you say yes, you steal the points, you get those points, and it still goes back to Joe, though. But, Tim, you still get those points, and then it goes to you. Each person gets two passes throughout the game. If you choose to pass, you can always still choose to pass if you uh, up your two, but it'll cost you those points. No one will go into negative points, so the lowest amount of points you can get is zero. person with the highest amount of points will receive these prizes. You get a little – it's not micro machine, but it's uh, – okay. It's a it's a size of the Batman oh, Michael a little Keaton diecast car. Batman. Yes, diecast, and you also. Oh, that's my gift, man. It's pretty sweet, man. I, Everybody's gonna go for that one. Great. Yes. And uh, you also get a uh, a copy of the graphic novel of the uh, Faces of Death. Detective Fifty Two. Yes, the Detective like. Comments. Yes, it is a. Uh, I don't know how many pages this is, but it's pretty fucking. Sad. That's from New Fifty Two. That's I. It's it's a while now. I guess it's like five six years ago at least. They rebooted the entire DC line. So yes, the new, the new the new fifty two. Yeah. So yeah. first place gets this graphic novel of uh, a combination of the comic books as well as the Michael Keaton Batman mobile. Second place gets a $10 gift card to Wawa. And third place, as uh, Gene Wilde would say in Willy Wonka, you lose, you get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> Jim, you are up first. The board is yours. The four, categories, right. the four categories are Grease Em Now, Rubbing Rhubarb, It's Me, Sugar Bumps, and I'm glad you're dead. Jim, it is your board. I'm going to start off with a warm-up easy question. So I'll go, it's me, Sugar Bumps, for 100. It's me, Sugar Bumps, for one point. In Batman the Animated Series, who does the voice for Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne? Uh, Kevin Conroy. He is correct. Joe, it is your board. I will take, I'm glad you're dead, for 100. I'm glad you're dead for one point. What was Batman's response to the thug shouting, What are you? Batman. He is correct. For one point. Tim, did your board? Before I go with my strategy from last time, I'm going to nix that. Let's go grease him. Grease him now for 100. Grease him now for 100. For one point, Tim, what actor was originally supposed to play Joker before Jack Nicholson? And I, and I did know this even before you said it because it's, it's part of Hollywood lore. Mr. Robin Williams. He is correct. See, now, if you listen to the podcast, you would know the answer to this game. Back Jim, to me. Jim, you are up. 
Uh, grease them now, 500. Grease them oh, now. Oh, he's taking my strategy. Just go big. Points. Grease them now for five points, Jim. What is the name of the country where Vicky Vale had been taking war pictures of? Oh, uh, oh I know this. Oh, my God. Maltese, I know this. The, uh, I want to say, I don't know, Egypt. He is incorrect. Tim, would you like to steal this question for five points? Well, actually, now he's, make, he's making me re, rethink my answer. I want to say Bosnia. Is that your final answer? It was Bosnia country in 1989. I feel like it's Bosnia. I'm going with Bosnia. You are incorrect. You are down to zero. Yeah. Joe, do you want to steal or would you like to pass and go on to your own question? Take this one, my friend. You're going to pass? Uh, no, I'll take it. This is the, that's the island nation of Corto Maltese. He is correct. I Corto said Maltese. Maltese. <laughs> you, you didn't say Corto Maltese. Uh-huh. Halfway doesn't count, Bosnia. handsome. No offense to Bosnia. I, I didn't know. But I'm pretty sure it was a country in the All right. So, Joe, it is your board. Let's go with rubbing rhubarb for 100. That's hysterical, by the way. Yeah, it's rubbing funny. Rub- <laughs> Don't uh, rub another man's rhubarb. For one point, what is the name of the chemical plant that the Joker is tainting products out of? Axis Chemical. He is correct. After this round, Joe, you have seven, and Jim and Tim, you are tied at zero. Tim, it's your board. Go big or go home. I'm glad you're dead at 500. I'm trying to get back in this. Right. Only because uh, Joe's up there so much. I'm glad you're dead. 500, okay. Yep. For five points, what are the names of the streets that are near the alley where the Waynes were killed? Oh, as soon as you say it, I can kick, my, I can kick myself. I'm trying to think in that universe. It's not something like stereotypical like South or Third. I'm going to say something stupid. I'm just going to throw out some gibberish. Mockingbird Lane. <laughs> that no, it's not incorrect. it, but... Yeah, way, uh, Jim, off. would you like to steal for five points? No, because I know where they were killed in the comics, but well, I don't know if it's the same as the movie. So, so Jim, just to let you know, you're at you're at zero right now. So even if you try to steal, I need to recoup. I need to recoup some points here with Joe with such a big lead. So I'm going to pass. Okay, Joe, would you like to steal for five points? I will pass. I can't, I just can't remember the cross streets. Okay, primarily, so I'm, I'm, I'm blowing the question dead. The two streets were Pearl and Phillips. That's All right, tough. so that was Tim. So, those five-point uh, five questions are no joke. I tried to make them like one easy five on the harder side. So, yeah. so, uh, so Jim, it is your board. Uh, let me get some, see if I can get some points back here. I'll do it. I'll do I'm glad you're dead for 400. For four points. What was Jack Napier's signature phrase to his victims? Do you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? He is correct for four points. I always say you never rub another man's rhubarb because I'm fucking staring at it. (laughs) (laughs) That should have been his slogan. So, so, So just a quick update. Jim has four. Joe has seven. Tim has zero. Joe, it is your board. I will go with it's me, Sugar Bumps, for 300. Is that a daily double? No, I don't think that's <laughs> I think that's the only way we're catching you, Joe. Well, we aren't that bourgeoisie here, Jim, so. <laughs> for three points, Joe, what is Gotham getting ready to celebrate? It's 200th anniversary. He is correct. Yes. For three points. I knew that one. Slam dunk. Tim, it's your board. Let's go with it's me, Sugar Bumps, for... I just want to get on the board, but you know I need to catch up. Let's go. It's me, Sugar Bones, 400. For four points, 
The Joker terrorizes Gotham by lacing hygiene products with a deadly chemical called what? This is Joe's question. He's the chemist. Oh, God. What's the name of the chemical? I want to pass. All right, Jim, do you know what the... Uh, uh, repeat, do you want me to repeat the question? It's what the Joker's chemical is called, right? Yes. Well, I've been using Brand X, so I'm going to pass on this one. <laughs> Joe, you want me to repeat the question? I will answer the question. Yes. It's called Smilex. He is correct. <laughs> okay, Jim, it's your board. Uh, robbing Rhubar for 500. Throwing a Hail Mary here. I'm, I'm off my game. Rubbing rhubarb. The bat allegedly threw this criminal five stories to his death and drained his blood. Oh, Tony Garbs. That is incorrect. Johnny Garbs, I'm sorry. What is Johnny uh, Garbs? All right, so Jim, this is five points. Jim said Tony Gobbs and then corrected himself to Johnny Gobbs. Johnny Gobbs is the correct answer. Yeah, I'm drinking whiskey. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Give him the points. Let's make it fair. Give him the points. Give it to Give him. Points. In Jeopardy, right. in real Jeopardy, they have what time to change their answer. And Joe can check, Joe can test this. They have time to change their answer until the judge rules on it. Let's at least, hey, let's at least make not, it a race not, for it's first. Not, it's not my game. Joe gave you the points. It's uh, Jim. You have we nine. lost Tim. Tim. Oh, shit. Jim, you have nine points. Joe, you have 14. Tim has zero. Tim will probably get back on because, Joe, it is your board. Okay. I will go with Greasem now for 300. For three points, Joe, how much money did the Joker say he was going to drop on Gotham at midnight? Was it $20 million? He is correct. $20 Buck. million. Dollars. Buckets. I need to get back on the board here. Tim, it's your um, Grease him now, 400 For four points, what Zodiac sign did the Joker refer to himself as being? Oh, he's a Gemini. You are incorrect, Tim. Oh, man. Oh, they sound terrible, these kind, of, these kind of things. Jim, would you like to steal for four points? Pisces? You are correct. He was a Pisces for four points. I thought it was a Pisces. Jim, it is your board. It is your turn again. So Jim has 13. Joe has 17. Let's still bring up the rear. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can tie this up with the Rhubarb 400. Rhubarb 400. For four points, how long does the Joker give his goons to meet him at the top of the bell tower? Five minutes, oh, better make it 10. Is 10 minutes your final answer? Yeah. You are correct. We have a tie game. Jim, 17. Joe, 17. Joe, it is your board. Let's go with, I'm glad you're dead for 300. <laughs> for three points, what is the name of the Joker's lady who turns into a piece of art? I think I know the initial of what it starts. I believe her name is Alicia. He is correct. Joe, you now have 20 points. Tim, it's your board. I'm I'm zero, zero, so I'm I gotta get something. Let's just go. It's me, Sugar Bumps five hundred. This is the winner right here. <laughs> For five points, Tim. What is the name of the newspaper that spins into the screen warning Gotham about Smilex? <laughs> the name of the newspaper. Oh my god, I say it's it's pretty obvious. It starts with Gotham. Gotham Tribune. That is incorrect. Jim, you wanna steal for five points? not coming to me i i think i know what it is but i can't afford to lose five points at this point so i'm gonna pass okay oh man joe put, put you in the lead joe for five points what is the name of the newspaper that spins into the screen warning gotham about smilex i should know this at this point it's a legit tough question you know what? let's roll the dice is it the gotham globe he is correct wow oh. great job five points oh. 
I thought the globe was Superman's newspaper for some reason. Daily That's Planet. The, uh, That's a Daily, Daily Planet. Planet. Yeah. Globe Planet. Uh, Jim. 300. 300. Rubbing rhubarb. You have to. For three points, Jim. How many pounds does Vicky Vale tell Batman that she weighs um, originally? Oh, man. That should be a higher point question. That's difficult. 110. That is incorrect. What is it, 105? Joe, you want to steal? 108. He is correct. Wow. Well, it's a, that's, that's an odd, not like a, literally an odd number, but that's money. very specific. Uh, yeah, Joe, very specific. it's your board. Let's go with It's Me Sugar Bumps for 200. Close it out. To close out the category, It's Me Sugar Bumps for two points. Who kills Bob the Goon? Uh, the Joker. He is correct. I was going to say, if you know Vicky Val's weight, you don't know that one. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if, if I get that wrong, just tell me to get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Jim, you have 14. Joe, you have 30. Tim? Still bringing up the rear. It's, it's over, right? but we're just, doing this for just, sports. Just, just, just try I, peaked, I peaked early. I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I peaked Greece early. Grease him now. Grease him now. Grease him now, 200. Points? Yeah, let's finish that out. Who composed the score for the film? Oh, I see. It's Danny Elfman. He's correct. We talked about he's he's Welcome great. To the he game is, Tim. He's easily like top five. I was listening to the Braveheart soundtrack today. That, that's a good soundtrack. London Symphony Orchestra. Also right. a great movie. Um, yeah, great movie. Jim, it's your turn. Uh, Rubar. Got to got to close out Rubar. Rubar for two points. What is the crime boss's name that the Joker kills in order to take over his business? Carl Grissom. He's correct. Or Jack Pounce, the late Jack Pounce. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm asking for the guy in the movie. All right, Joe, so that uh, that takes you to uh, the last category for two points, which is, I'm glad you're dead. And the question is, Joe, where did Bruce Wayne buy the statue that Knox and Vale were wondering about? Bought it in Japan. He is correct. And that will conclude the game of Are You Respectful? He must be king of the Wicker People. <laughs> So that concludes the game of Are You Smart? And rewind it back. Joe wins the game with 32 points. Jim is the one runner-up with 16 points. Jim, you get a $10 gift card to Wawa. Tim, you lose. Good day, sir. Jim's going to buy me Reese's Pieces with that uh, $10 gift card. The king-size bar? Yeah, you get me a king-size bar. You'll still have, like, what, like eight fifty left? All right, so that'll conclude this episode of the Rewind and Bag podcast for Batman 1989. Thank you all for listening and all of our podcast spots, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker. Thank you all for tuning in on Twitch. How, Joe, how many people? We had a total. Be, so between all the people who came in and out, we had 15 viewers overall. 15 viewers. <laughs> Thank you to those 15 who tune into us live broadcast tonight. Feel free to check us out on all of our you know, new coming episodes in the future. All of our episodes dating back to March of last year when we started this during the pandemic. We had nothing else to do. Um, we will be back next week. The next episode will be on a Stanley Kubrick movie, Full Metal Jacket. If you don't know it. It's, it's on, on Netflix. HBO, right? It's on Netflix and HBO, I believe, yeah. It's a great film. If you're definitely into war movies, check it out. That way you can listen to us next week. Joe, I think we're going to go work on trying to do Twitch again next week. So, yeah, thanks again for listening to us. Have a good night, good day, and goodbye. <laughs>